five, four, three, two, one. Good morning. It's the World Cup of Tea. And it is day 30. Yes, we've made it. And you know something? If you've listened this far, you've made it too. We, you and I, like Lionel Messi, have achieved a lifetime's goal. (laughs) Oh, that was a great game, wasn't it? It was a great game. And I'm not going to lie. Every time you think the game can't twist and turn one more time, it did. What can I say other than this? I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Football, bloody hell. Yes. Bloody hell. That really was my reaction to watching it. And like many people out there, many of you, many of people in sports media, we've spent the last 24 hours digesting a truly wonderful game and a terrific climax to what has been an exciting tournament. But that perhaps, as the World Cup of Tea reaches its finale, that's going to be the theme of the day. Because as every day passes, we're going to get further away from that sort of rush of excitement and reaction to a goal or a decision. And the World Cup... Well, we're going to have to pack it all away in a box and put it up on the shelves that form our personal memories. And I'm going to come back to that theme now because that's my question today as we reach the end of the World Cup of Tea is how are we, how are you going to decide to remember this? Because the World Cups are different from our regular sporting experience. Here's the news for everyone. The Premier League begin re- restarts a week from today. In fact, later this week before Christmas, there's a couple of League Cup games. But on Boxing Day back in the United Kingdom, December the 26th, the Premier League restarts. Arsenal are playing West Ham United. So football's going to begin again. And we're going to be right back into the next thing, the next game. We're going to be right back where our club loyalties, which I think for many of us, are our stronger relationship than our national loyalty. I want England to do well. But I'm not thinking about the England team in the six weeks between games. My only concern is Arsenal Football Club. The relationship I've had since I was first taken to a game in 1975. Too young to really know what was going on, but just old enough to figure out, okay, this is my team. We're back into that. And the World Cup will feel, oh, as far away as Qatar is from the satellite studio by the river. And World Cups that only come around every four years. Let me me say this before I get into my point. I am so glad that FIFA's plan to increase the number of World Cups to every other year. I'm so glad that that is shelved for the moment because with FIFA you're learning that once they have an idea they're never going to go away they're going to keep on pushing and pushing and pushing until they get what they want and in reality being a man of indeterminate middle age my only concern now is not being alive 
for when the World Cup gets ruined by being played every other year. I'm already slightly concerned about the next one. Yeah, I get it. More teams should make the finals. Yes, there's more money to be had. I get all of that. But 48's a funny old number. And I'm not sure that any of us have the stamina. Right now, the World Cup was something like 64, 65 games. When you expand the teams, I think there's no way to run it without that number reaching nearly 100. Which means the odds of it being finished in a month are now slim. And who of us have the stamina for four, five, six games a day for five weeks? No. We get enough of that with our, <laughs> with our domestic football. What makes the World Cup special is the fact that it only comes around for this one concentrated month every four years. So, yeah, will FIFA ruin something that's good? Probably, because that's what they do. That's what any of these organizations do. When I turn on the Olympics and see some ridiculous event, I'm like, mm, you know, you, you're kind of ruining it. But hey, does it matter what people might me think? Of course not. But that being said, people like me, well, we don't have to think too much about it. And what I mean by that is we shouldn't get put out by FIFA or the Olympics or whoever it is doing what they do, because what they're not going to get to do is to infringe on our personal history. I've been alive, alive now for, I can't remember how many World Cups, is it 14, 16, something, some number like that. And all of them take up a place in the shelving that is my memory. 1978, the first one I really, really watched. Little kid lying on the floor on his front, chin in his hands, watching the telly in black and white, listening to commentary that was, I think, piped down a telephone. Suddenly realizing that this whole World Cup thing is pretty cool. 1982, I've discussed it when I talked about um, doing the football charts. 1982. I remember that. It was great. 1986, first one I watched while living in America. And on NBC, it, yes, it was on NBC, at least at the weekends. After 20 minutes, they would cut away for commercials. <laughs> and you'd reach for your remote and flip over to the Spanish channel so you wouldn't miss anything for three minutes. <laughs> I remember that. 1990, England made the semis. I remember bailing out of work with mates to watch it in the afternoon. So many fond memories about that one. When your team do well, the memories are a little sharper. 1994, no England, but here in the US. Really, really neat. Went to two games. I think one was Mexico-Denmark, the old RFK stadium. And I saw Saudi Arabia play Holland. My first exposure to the fanatical Dutch fans who travel in masses everywhere. Everywhere. You should go to the Olympics and see the number of Dutch shirts in, I don't know if it's men or women's field hockey. They're out in force for that. Fanatical. Great fun. And then 1998 through to now, 
as the World Cup has become more homogenized, it has become more, like so many things, more blatantly commercial, they all kind of blend into the memory for me. 1998, 2006. I could, if we were sitting around with a cup of coffee, play trivia, figure out the finalists and the beaten finalists, figure out the host nations, but it doesn't come to me. They're all kind of the same from 1998 through to now. There are moments when I get a game in 2010 confused with a game in 2014. Oh, oh, that was the year we got out of the group. No, 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 that was the other year when we didn't. It's an odd thing, the passage of time. So again, with this one, what are we going to do when we put it up on the shelf in our head? What are we going to do? What are we going to put on the label to ensure that it stays in our memory? Okay, the winner, Argentina. Yeah, but they've been to the final like three times in my lifetime. So I need to do something to differentiate it. Well, Lionel Messi finally winning his World Cup. Okay, but that's not a unique story. It's not even a unique story in Argentina. Because Maradona, we all had to follow that individual accomplishment. I quickly went back into our first episode of the World Cup of Tea, where we played World Cup Bingo. And I hoped that by looking through, was there something that would make this one stand out? I'm just looking at the sheet right now. Refereeing controversy. Well, the refereeing in that stupid third and fourth place game was a joke. So tick that box. But hey, nothing so beyond the pale. No moment where you go, that's never happened on a football field before. And that will never happen again. So while it checks a box for World Cup bingo, there was no outrageous controversy that completely jammed up the wrong team. Big team fails to qualify. Yes, a couple of them went home in a blaze of inglory. Predictive animal. Well, there really wasn't one other than that otter, and that otter only did Japan's games. And frankly, after the one that he got right, I don't even know what his record was in the other ones. Gif or meme. Well, we did have that. Poor old Harry Kane. I think the funniest thing, thing I, one I saw was someone had thrown it up on the internet. There's a picture of the astronaut on the moon and they photoshopped in of Harry Kane, a picture of Harry Kane running in his England uniform. And the bubble out of his mouth says, hey, have you seen my ball anywhere? Sad, but very funny. There were no WAG sightings, thank the Lord. Nothing more tiresome than, hey, Cristiano Ronaldo's girlfriend or wife or whatever he has. Intra-squad arguing. I did hear, I did hear that there was a lot of issues in the Belgian locker room. But I only came out in yesterday's paper. That was the first time I saw it. I think in Sunday morning's Guardian. And apparently Kevin De Bruyne had given an interview where he did confirm, yes, none of us really got along. Host country controversy. Fair or foul? Fair or foul? And I'm not going to rerun 
the discussion of episode five when I stuck my flag in the ground and told you where I stood on this World Cup. Whether we like it or not, the fact that this World Cup was in Qatar, that is, when you write that on the milk crate with all your memories of this World Cup, that has to go on the label. Host country always goes on the label anyway, but this one does because you'll look for it and you'll know, yes, Qatar. And I'm not going to replay the lorry load of issues about this World Cup or about this World Cup host country. The one that was at Christmas. There you go. I never used to watch Friends, but apparently if you go to Wikipedia and look up Friends, the TV show with Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Matthew Perry, Joey from Top Gear. (laughs) That's how I put him. Matt LeBlanc and the other dude, the boring dude. (laughs) Apparently every episode, and it's a sitcom, and sitcoms... I don't think it really matters with episodes because they do like 200 of them and I'm sure internally it's episode 179. But apparently on scripts it would say the one with. I don't know if someone out there can confirm that. The one with the lost dog. The one with the complete stranger. 2022, yeah, this is the one with. The one with the host nation. For me, this is the one where I podded. That'll go on my label as I put it in the memory box, because who knows? The Atlantic Voice podcast has been on for, gosh, 10 years now? But I don't know if I'll be doing this again in four years, this one-off experiment, at least one-off for the moment. So that's a personal reason for me. Ooh, that goes on the label. It was a very entertaining World Cup. A lot of good games. The last World Cup in its current format, because yes, it's going to explode to 48 teams and who knows how many games. I think 100 games taken even longer. And I'm not sure as I get older if I'm going to have the energy for that. How many of us are going to have the energy for six games a day? For 36 days or however much longer it's going to take. But while I am ambivalent about the finals growth, someone else said a great quote, probably having a go at one of the European newspapers or one of the European federations. Someone from FIFA said, well, you know, back in the day, it was only 16 teams and everyone started clutching their pearls when it went to 24. So yeah, let's give it a go and see what happens. But I'm unconvinced because the symmetry of 32 teams is perfect. The perfect number. The perfect duration. The perfect volume. So I don't know. Host country, yes. Christmas, yes. Podcasting, yes. All those things will go on my personal milk crate of memories that go up on the shelf. But it's weird, as one gets older, and I don't mean to be a downer, and I don't mean to be fatalistic, as one gets older, all these sort of things perhaps have a more 
realistic sense of focus. Even yesterday's final, as wonderful a game as it, as it was, you know something, we're all going to be watching a whole load of games starting next week. And so even its greatness will diminish somewhat as the passage of time does. What's that famous quote from that Dallas Cowboy in the 70s when someone was asking him about at a press conference about, you know, the Super Bowl and what's it like to play in the ultimate game? And his answer was, well, if it's so ultimate, how come they're having it next year? These things are just markers in time. And what makes the World Cup in Olympics special is that they're four years apart. And so for us as people, we can measure how we age and change and stages of our lives based upon those summers, or in this case, winter, where there was a World Cup. And no, it's a mistake to attempt to add any more meaning to it, but they do provide a rhythm of one's life and of one's aging. I will never again have the innocence of that little boy in 1978. I do attempt every time to refine that excitement of 1982 through something as simple as filling out my wall chart. 1986, watching it on American television where it went to commercial after 20 minutes. It's a thing of the past. It's a curio in a box packed away somewhere now. So I don't know. I'm going to leave it with you. What did it mean to you? How are you going to remember it? Where will it stand in your life history? Yes, bad dates, indeed. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. That game yesterday was a disaster. From a fig trading perspective, everything that could have gone wrong did. When, when Mbappe scored from the spot with like eight minutes to go, I'm sitting there thinking, this is perfect. Argentina are going to win, and the game's going to be decided by one goal. And then lo and behold, I think it was, I think it was on like the half volley, the equalizer, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, are you serious? Look at his face! Just look at his face! Executive producer Eric was texting me during that time. Basically, his figs were disappearing rapidly. And like a fool, he then decided to, to, to find a fig to place an in-time trade during extra time that either team would win outright. And that went up the Swanee even quicker than my, the, the pod's recommendations to you all went up the Swanee. So we went 
We threw a fig on buy one. Well, that, that went. Bye-bye. And then reluctantly, I threw a fig. Oh, no, I told you to throw half a fig on Argentina at plus 180. I will say this. I will say this. We have talked at length, not at length, we've talked many times during this month about the wisdom of the crowd and the wisdom of the traders. And I told you when the final opened on the boards, I think the two teams to win in regulation, in regulation, to win in 90 minutes, lived in America too long. Both opened at like 180 and 181, and the draw was plus 200. So pretty much it was the same. The traders didn't know, and the market didn't know. And even by kickoff, those numbers had hardly moved. The crowd didn't have one joint wisdom. Game ended 3-3. No, it ended 2-2. That's what it would have gone down on, on 90 minutes was 2-2. Anyway... This is how we ended the month. You lost a fig and a half yesterday. We went 15 and 15 for the month. And if you'd gone with the pod, you made a profit of 3.7 figs. Still a very tidy return on the dozen figs I gave you. And I remember back 30 days ago, I gave you a dozen figs because I was concerned that you were going to need them. As it is, at no moment, did we ever lose a fig off of our original investment? And if I now do the math, what's 3.7 on 12? That is a return on your investment of 25%. Yes, beat that Wall Street. Beat that stock market. 25%. Whoa. Am I in the wrong business? I wasn't meaning to end the series on some sort of Debbie Downer note. I just was just wanted to try and help you put everything into perspective. But anyway, I'm going to make it up to you with this. This one-hit wonder, I think from 1982. This is Pig Bag, and Papa's got a brand new bag. Something for you to dance around the house or dance around the office to. Before I go, if you've listened to one of these, two of these, or all of these, thank you very much. I set out to do this because, I, like a fool, I'd run my mouth and made myself a challenge. And I'm glad that I've done it. But when I look at our stats, I'm even more thrilled that a whole load of you joined along the way. I hope, I hope you found something from it that was entertaining for you. And I hope that you'll stick around for when our regular show returns. And our executive producer will actually get back on this side of the microphone rather than leaving it all to me. course our numbers may just be a whole lot of people that have us on subscribe and and the show downloads on their device and they see it and they just go i ain't listening to that rubbish but they just don't know how to unsubscribe from something 
I'm sure that's not the case. If you interacted at any at any time in any way, Facebook or you message me or your calls or you just whined within earshot of me in the office or at home, thanks for joining. I hope I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season. And Eric and I will see you on the other side. In the words of our absentee executive producer, take care.